I guess what we have to ask ourselves is plants are plants, they're not businesses. So some of this, some of this, we just have to say, well, where does, where and how does it apply? And certainly in business, we, we're, we're out to gain market share, aren't we? I mean, that's, we're, we're out to grow. We're out to, to um, and, and sell, of course, but all of that leads to either, either gaining or losing ground. In, in, because we're also we're also in a in a competitive landscape, and so we've we've got to be smarter and st stronger and faster and more clever than the other businesses, or we're we're not going to be around. We're not going to survive. We'll lose ground until we have none. So I, I think the analogy the analogy here is that when plants gain ground, when they gain territory, that's I think that's analogous to us gaining territory in in our markets. So you see plants like, well, I mean, trees are plants as well. So you see um, oaks and sequoia trees and so forth, some of the big trees being used as metaphors for growth, particularly in the, in the VC, in the venture capital world, I mean. Um, but, you know, if you look at, let's say, the distribution of a sequoia tree, they're, they're magnificent. You can drive through the trunk of one of them. They're huge, but they don't spread anywhere. <laughs> they, don't really, they don't gain ground. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. That was Stu Hynek. Stu's the creator of Contact Marketing. He's a Wall Street Journal cartoonist and the author of a very clever new book titled How to Grow Your Business Like a Weed, A Complete Strategy for Unstoppable Growth. And in our conversation today, Stu and I are talking about why your business needs to be like a weed. You know, like the hardy, resilient bits of green growing in the cracks of a sidewalk. Or, as Stu shares, in the median of an interstate highway. We explore the characteristics of a weed that make it such a good model for growth. We dig into the six elements of the weed mindset, uh, growing like a weed mindset, as well as we get into the weed's growth process. And then talk about why weeds have an unfair competitive advantage and what you can do to learn from that to develop your own unfair competitive advantage in your business. Now we get into all this and much, much more, but before we get to Stu, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast, wherever you listen to it. And I also want to remind you to check out my latest book, Sell Without Selling Out. It's a modern human-centric framework for increasing your win rates and shortening decision cycles without using the salesy behaviors that buyers hate. So it's available everywhere you shop for books, online, and in stores. All right, let's jump into it. Stu, welcome back to the show. My gosh, what a pleasure to join you, Andy. <laughs> the pleasure's all mine. The pleasure's <laughs> all mine. So, uh, what is this? I think your third time, I think, on the show? I, you know, I, I think it's it's two or three times at least. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, uh, for those people who are maybe are new to the show and didn't hear previous episodes, tell us about you and what you do. Oh my God! I've got such a crazy background because I'm, I'm. I'm first of all, I'm one of the Wall Street Journal cartoonists, um, but I'm also a marketer. I've been using cartoons in marketing for my whole career, and it's been kind of a secret weapon, which is wonderful. It's sort of a theme that we'll return to when we talk about weeds, about having secret weapons. But um, I, I have used cartoons as a as a device to bring people into mailings and 
uh, to pay attention to things that they get, I don't know, online. If they get a, get an email with a cartoon about themselves, they tend to be pretty responsive to that. We've used them to mm-hmm. help sales teams break through. So we send these giant big, I call them big boards, but these big foam core boards with a cartoon about the about the, the recipient. And um, we break through to almost anybody doing that. And um, but th- so I've also written books, I've written a couple of books. One, thanks to you, was... I'm always saying it was named one of the top 64 sales books of all time because it was in the March Madness, 64 sales books. <laughs> but I thought the, how to get a anyway. meeting with anyone. Sorry? Yeah, how to get a meeting with anyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. How to get a meeting with anyone. And that book has done, not only has it done well uh, out in, in the world, but um, it's changed people's lives, which is really, well, you know, you write books too. We, we, that's what we want to do. We want to put something out there that makes a difference in the world to people's lives. And it has changed their results, caused people to break through to people that they should never be able to reach, other, or I suppose they think they might never be able to reach, but they actually are able to do It's kind of like a superpower to be able to reach anyone. And that's what yeah. that book gave everyone. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, and so then, uh, you know, on to the next book, and that one is launching shortly. Yeah, the title of the book is How to Grow Your Business Like a Weed, A Complete Strategy for Unstoppable Growth. So I'm curious, what, what sparked the idea for this book? Well, I was driving down the Santa Monica Freeway. I used to live in L.A., so I was driving down the Santa Monica Freeway. I guess when traffic used to move, because I think it's, my, my perception is that it doesn't move much anymore, but we, we were rushing along 60 miles an hour or so. And, you know, in the middle of in the middle of the freeway, in that 40 foot wide or so concrete median, there was this dandelion growing out of a crack in the concrete. And it just in that split second, it just impressed me like crazy because I was thinking, well, well, first of all, look at it. This looks happy. It's just bouncing around in the smoggy turbulence. And but it has those happy yellow flowers and those happy seed pods that blow. I mean, that we we like to blow on as kids and. Um, right, right. And but the seeds are flying around, and um, it just you know it was just running its process out of a crack in the concrete, and I just thought you know it made its it's making its living right there. It didn't it doesn't look like it's depressed that it ended up there instead of like at the beach maybe. It was just like we might get, but it it just was running its process, and and I just thought it was amazing. Also, just you know it was significant that. There were no apple trees growing out of those cracks in the concrete. There were no petunias or really any other polite plant. It's only weeds that could pull that off. And so that got me thinking, my God, what are weeds all about? And do they, I guess ultimately, do they have a model for growth? And if they do, is it one that we can apply to our businesses? And I, I just, as I sped past, I thought, my God, I hope I live up to that, just what that weed is up to, because just the, the example that it was setting. And that's kind of what the book is about. It's about that example that weeds set for us. And, and they do, in fact, have a, a, a growth model that we can apply to our businesses. And it's been happening for my business, actually, just as I've been writing the book. It changes the way we changes the way you approach what you're doing. Well, how has it changed things for you? So, I mean, what is that that process that you've adopted, though I imagine you probably were embodying some of that beforehand, though. Well, some of it, but, you know, the, the thing was that um, as humans, we're, there's a few things. One of them is, as humans, we're, we're taught to become res- well, self-reliant, self-reliant, I guess would be the best way to put it, 
So you go to school. In fact, it might start with, with that first game of, of musical chairs that we played, maybe in kindergarten or something, and you le- you're left without a chair, and you, you realize, whoa, I better, I better perk up. I better, I better pay attention here and be a lot more proactive. And so, in kindergarten, I got to step up my game. Yeah, that's it. That's when the game starts. It, t- it tells us this is a competitive world, and if you're going to compete, you need to be very, very, you need to be, need to be competent and self-reliant. And so then we go to school. You're encouraged to go to school, get good grades, get into a good college, you get great grades. Maybe you go to maybe you go on to graduate school or maybe not, but eventually you get a great job. But the thing is, all of that is one-to-one leverage. You can't scale jobs. You can't have a thousand jobs. So you can't you can't scale anything that way. In fact, actually one-to-one leverage, though it's ingrained in our, our being, is something that actually prevents us from scaling. And so one of the things I notice is that I'm, I'm toiling away at one-to-one leverage all the time. You've seen the big boards that I that I, I use to help sales teams break through. And because I think I sent you right, one, I think right. you have one. So, uh, you know, those are actually essentially prototyped every time we put one out. So I'm deeply involved in the, in, in producing the output files and um, producing the actual pieces. And, um, and, and, you know, there, there's nothing mass produced about it. So that's kind of cool in a way, but if you want to scale something, it's the exact opposite approach you should be taking. So, so that's now becoming productized and will be available on a much broader basis. So that's just one of many things that I, I, I just turned around and realized, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I'm just doing this all wrong. And, and um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's well, that. So give, give, us an, give us an example of what, give us an example of what you might've been doing before that, that changed. You said it's going to be productized or that you're going from one to one to one to many. Well, one to one to one to many. So I mean, ultimately, the the whole my whole focus has shifted on how do I make big boards and other things, creating contact devices around the book actually, so the book can be can be used as a contact campaign for sales teams to break through. And in all of this, I'm saying, well, wait a minute. <clears throat> Instead of how do I how do I produce this almost each one almost by hand? Instead of doing that, how do I pull myself out of the the deliverable stream. I shouldn't be in the middle of it. I'm I'm the bottleneck when that happens. And so how do I pull mm. that myself out of that? And and the way to pull myself out of that is to productize what these are. And so and productize just the that whole stream of contact campaigns. And so that leads me to another thing, which is an, another aspect of this, which is again, not to toil by yourself, but to to create networks and create teams around what you're doing. So create multi-channel leverage. And so um, I, actually the reason I sent you the big board was to suggest that we might team up. And, um, and, and so here's the wonderful thing. I bring a device that can help your sales clients, perhaps, um, help, their, help the team break through. But at the same time, I'm reaching out to someone who is very prominent in the sales world. I'm talking about you, very prominent in the sales world who has access to clients that I don't have. So we need to do those kinds of things in our businesses. And the more we do that, that sort of falls under a couple of areas, but one is a vine strategy in, in, the, in the weeds model, which is you know, what, what do vines do but climb up on the things that are nearby. And by doing that, they end up, you know, they, they end up reaching and really occupying the crown of the tree that they've, that they've 
climbed or uh, maybe they're up on top of a building or a fence or something, but they're always borrowing the infrastructure of others to gain dominant access to rain and sunshine. And and the rain and sunshine here is sales and, and growth. So right. we did, and right. but the thing is, it's symbiotic. So if you're, if you, I mean, if we, again, don't mean to harp on this, I'm not trying to sell you right now on the, during the podcast, but if we were to team up with big boards, I'd be bringing a device that thus you'd be bringing a device that would help your client sales teams break through probably a lot more than they do. And, and that helps them. It gives them that superpower we talked about a moment ago to be able to get a meeting with virtually anyone. So that's a great benefit all around. And, and those are the kinds of things mm -hmm. we need to be building out. But there are, there are a bunch more. I mean, just, you know, putting the, the big boards out into bigger sales, um, just sales channels is totally different from me selling it all myself which is what I'm doing. Sure. All of that is, yeah. if you find yourself doing that and you're working with, let's say, a handful of high-touch clients, you're not really scaling. <laughs> and that's that's the issue. Sure. So, I mean, for some people, not scaling is fine, though, right? I mean... For some, yeah, that's true. But I guess you'll find that if that's true, and if you are, you're the, they used to say, the chief bottle washer and everything else in the business, well, when you take a vacation, what happens to your business? Like you can't take a vacation when you, when you're, I don't know, when you're ill, when you're out, when you're just traveling, because you have to travel sometimes, your business stops, essentially, I mean, it stops operating for a little, you know, you can operate from your phone, from the airport, but basically that's not sure. a business. So that just works absolutely against scaling what you're doing. And, and, and I think that there's, there needs to be at least a, a certain amount of scale to, to what we do so that we have those abilities to the, sort of the continuity of of the business when you're not in, for example, right. or, you know, or, you know, if you, if you're occupied with other priorities, but you also have to produce the thing that your company produces. Well, that's, that's just sort of a fundamental um, a conflict that you don't really need to have. I mean, there's a certain amount of scale that we all need to build into mm -hmm. our businesses. Well, let's, let's talk about the, in the book, you talk about the weed mindset, which I thought was yeah. very clever. I mean, again, who thinks about weeds having a mindset? So um, you say there are six characteristics to to the weed mindset. So what, take us through those. Let's talk about that. Yeah. And first of all, I should explain the weed mindset is not sitting around smoking dubs. <laughs> That's not what it is. <laughs> I know people can. I suspect. I suspect people have read the book, maybe think of that or not. No, <laughs> no, not a, I don't No, I don't do that at all. <laughs> but, um, but okay. So, so the weed mindset was kind of strange to think that something with a, that has no brain could have a mindset, but I guess what we're, what I'm, I'm looking at is there is an apparent mindset, isn't there? Because when you watch what weeds do, they are, they're, they're I mean, they're, they're aggressive and urgent and, uh, they're they're per, per, they're persistent and they're resilient and adaptive, and I would I would say even optimistic. So actually, those are the six the, the six characteristics that I listed in the book, but there are even others that we can see in their actions, just based on sort of evidential as based on their actions. They're also great collaborators. We were just talking about collaboration and the 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 the, the urgent need to collaborate with others so that you can all of you grow your businesses as a result. And, and that is what they well, do. How, how do, yeah, how do weeds collaborate? Well, so if you, if you were to, let's say, just sort of the first part of this, if you spot a dandelion in your lawn, 
Well, you know, first of all, if, if, if that was all that showed up in your lawn was one dandelion, it would be no problem. You'd pick it out of the, out of the grass and you'd be done. But that, that isn't the way they work. Look up and you'll see, if you see one, you'll see hundreds of them. And, and suddenly that's a force and you're never getting rid of them. Or, or let's say it's going to be very, very difficult to get rid of them. Each one of those plants puts out 15,000 seeds. And so, um, you know, there's just, they're planting <clears throat> thousands and thousands of, uh, or really hundreds of thousands of seeds or new plants are going to be coming. And so it's, it's through their numbers and through their, their, their collaboration that they gain unbeatable strength. And I think that's really wonderful for, I don't know, a few things for our day and age right now. We're, we're so divided by politics that we really shouldn't be. We should find ways to work through that, that politics divide us. They don't unite us. They don't really don't end up producing anything uh, except a logjam. <laughs> they just, nothing happens. But, but more usefully in companies, within companies, we have cultures that we want to cultivate. And that just that whole mindset of, Look, we, we gain a lot more if we collaborate than if we don't, is, is really a useful message, maybe one of the more, most useful messages from Weeds, that if you collaborate, if you're part of a team, if you are part of a network, you end up achieving a lot more. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm just you know, thinking in terms of... Uh, you know, collaboration is at the heart of sales, really. I mean, you talk about, mm -hmm. this is, I think, part that most sellers don't really think about is the fact that when you're selling something that you actually have to collaborate with the buyer in order to have an order be the result, right? Something you do with the buyer, not something you do to the buyer. Um, so the collaboration yeah. is really an essential, essential way of scaling. Um, you talk about weeds being aggressive. Uh, what what what's the value of what you call fearsome aggression? I mean, how would you characterize that in a sales context? Well, you know, there's another actually another dimension to weeds, which is that they all they all run a process, and that process has been around for I mean, they've been around for millions of years. So that process is really well honed, but it's also a living process. So. When it when when these weeds encounter a, a, some sort of existential threat, they evolve around it. But that their evolution and and their actions are all driven by process, which is just it's just programmed into their DNA. So they're almost like a computer in a way. They have the they have these instructions, this this process, and they run it. They just run it as though it's programming. They don't they don't have to be trained in other words they don't have to, it doesn't have to be explained they don't have to consult a manual or watch videos or anything like what we have to do to get in line they're already in line so their aggression comes in the form of running that process with, with just almost in a stealthy kind of way because you look at weeds at any given moment they they don't even they're not even moving <laughs> they, they don't like there's there's nothing it looks like there's nothing happening but in fact what's happening is they're very very aggressively running their their process so that while you don't see it it's growing it's expanding and it's and and, and maybe one of the ways that that does it you know one, the, the dandelion is one of the probably the, the the best example of a weed that we can use because everyone's everyone knows what a dandelion is that we've seen them we've all sure. seen them they're everywhere and and dandelions do something really interesting when you when at springtime when you see all the other plants coming out they'll go through this 
the, the budding and then flowering cycle and then seeding. And that's it. That's it for the, that's it for the year. Mm -hmm. But dandelions do that probably weekly. The same plant will go through that same, that, that same flowering and, and seeding cycle. So that same growth cycle, I don't know, I don't know what the count is, but it, you know, it's like every week it, it keeps going through it and it does it well beyond when all these other plants are going into senescence later in the, toward the fall. I mean, it's still, it's still going through that same spring-like process in October. So you look at it and you think, well, look what it's doing. It's, it's, it's very, I mean, it's, I would say that's a very aggressive uh, prosecution of, of their process because they're doing it over and over and over again while other plants aren't. And, uh, and then mm -hmm. they're doing it longer than, they're just actually even active and, and working longer than the other, all the other plants are, I guess we could say, willing to, to, to be working. They're just, they just keep doing it. They do more than everyone else is doing around them. And that's, that's not only a, an aggressive trait in their, in, in their mindset, but it's also a totally unfair advantage. Plants can't, the other plants can't compete with that. Yeah, it raises the questions why they didn't evolve to compete with that. I don't know. You know, I guess, I guess, um, I guess what we have to ask ourselves is plants are plants. They're not businesses. So some of this, some of this, we just have to say, well, where does, where and how does it apply? And certainly in business, right. we, we're, we're out to gain market share, aren't we? I mean, that's, we're, we're out to grow. We're out to, to um, and, and sell, of course, but all of that leads to mm -hmm. either either gaining or losing ground, in, in because we're also we're also in a in a competitive landscape, and so we've we've got to be smarter and st stronger and faster and more clever than the other businesses, or we're we're not going to be around. We're not going to survive. We'll lose ground until we have none. So I, I think the analogy the analogy here is that. When plants gain ground, when they gain territory, that's I think that's analogous to us gaining territory in in our markets. So you see plants like, well, I mean trees are plants as well. So you see um, oaks and sequoia trees and so forth. Some of the big trees being used as metaphors for growth, particularly in the in the VC, in the right. venture capital world. I mean, um, but you know if you look at let's say the distribution of a sequoia tree. They're, they're magnificent. You can drive through the trunk of one of them. They're huge, but they don't right. spread anywhere. <laughs> they don't really, they don't gain ground very well because all they're doing is dropping cones or quickly feet. Well, I mean, if you look at the distribution map of, let's say the sequoia versus the dandelion, the sequoia is only, there's only a, a tiny enclave outside of Fresno. That's it. They don't spread effectively at all. So, um, so I would say that, that, you know, if, yes, there are some plants that don't seem to, to, um, to emphasize spread, but they're not gaining ground that way. And that is what we want to do in our yeah. businesses. Yeah. I mean, as I was going through this and, and I mean, to me, it seems like a lot of what you talk about with, with weeds, you could sort of sum up. To me, I mean, sort of, sort of three key things sort of popped out. One is incredibly opportunistic. Two is that it seems like weeds embrace constraints, a la your story about the dandelion and the cement divider mm -hmm. on the freeway. 
And the third, as we just talking about, is is resilience. Um, and I think that's yeah. those are great lessons. I think for for business and for for sellers is that, yeah, gosh, you know, salespeople always want more leads and yeah, you know, more demand being generated. But sometimes, when you have constraints, you have to become more creative. And you know, I can't put through my career through startups that had no resources for the most part. Uh, yeah, we had to be, we had to embrace that and say, okay, well, we don't have the marketing support. How are we going to develop our leads? Yeah. Um, or we had to be more creative and opportunistic, which again, I think it sounds like the weeds are in terms of finding places they can survive that others, others don't trying new things. Yeah. Well, I would say that, that, um, there are a few things that jump out uh, to me from weeds. One is, I think if they could speak to us, they would tell us, deal with what is. And, you know, we, you, we don't have brains like you do. So we therefore lack emotions. We have no, we have none. And it seems to us, as we watch you, your, your emotions get in your way constantly. So first thing that they would tell us is just drop all that and deal with what is. What a hard mm -hmm. thing to do, though. <laughs> you know, it's tough right. because we get scared. With, with, there's talk of recession coming soon, and so that scares people and 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 worries people, and so and and it f causes them to freeze. They don't do. They stop doing the things that they need to be doing, uh, and and it sort of becomes self fulfilling. Um, I would say also weeds. This is a big part of it. Weeds never do anything without an unfair advantage, which is why, you know, when you when you when I drove by that crack in the concrete uh, on the Santa Monica freeway, I, I might have, I mean, it's a, it's a sight we see everywhere. Dandelions growing out of cracks in concrete. They do it all the time. Sure. Um, so sure. on the one hand, it's not unusual at all. And on the other hand, it's miraculous because you, you just think, what did it take for it to get there and do that? I mean, it was, this was, there were six lanes of traffic going e either direction and it's just roaring tires and just a sea of impossibility there for, for plants to take root. But dandelions have that unfair advantage in those seeds that fly around and probe every possible opportunity to, t opportunity to take root, which is totally unlike what the sequoia tree does. <laughs> you know, that's why this, there are no sequoias, thankfully, growing out of those cracks in the concrete. But they just, they just have this, they have this whole model, I guess, I guess that would be the best way to put it. They have this whole model that is based on a, a fierce mindset and, and cultivated unfair advantages that are leveraged against collective scale. And they do it according to a process that is living. I mean, like that process is amazing. Um, it's living, yet so, it's, it's ancient. Yeah. So their unfair advantage for weed and how you, you know, draw a comparable example with the uh, in sales for instance i'm so, oh, i'm sorry i'm, I'm I, I thought you were i missed the question i'm sorry andy yeah so explain what the unfair advantages in weeds and draw you know uh, an example for something in sales so people can grasp the concept sure well i mean well, uh, two um just right off the bat um i i just mentioned uh, that um that weeds deal with what is, <laughs> that's a big advantage. Um, they, they, but, but also their seeds are, are built so that they're highly mobile. They fly all over the place and they probe every possible opportunity, which is what we should be doing, I think, in sales and in marketing. I mean, you know, it's, it's a much broader thing than what we can do just on, on foot or on the phone 
or via email, I suppose. But but we have to be trying everything. We have to be probing every possible opportunity, which I think is very analogous to sales. Um, and I think another one, another example of that is is the dandelions running their their growth process over and over and over again, while others are just want running it once. So being much more aggressive about running our process, having a process and running it over and over and over again and going well beyond what, what our competitors are, are willing to do. And that's an unfair advantage. But gosh, unfair advantages exist all over the place. I mean, and all, all over, everywhere. I mean, it, it could be your location. It could be just you've, you've found an interesting location. It could be you're on an island where, like where I am and you're the only one who can fix lawnmowers. So you, that's an unfair advantage. No one else will, I mean, you'll own all the business on, on, in that market. And, um, um, but there, but, but ultimately we, we find that there are, you know, this is, I've introduced the weeds model, which is an acronym. Weeds is an acronym for weed inspired enterprise expansion and domination strategies. So there are eight levels of strategy that allow us to sort of do a sort of nature's SWOT analysis, what are our unfair advantages and how can we acquire more and how can we culti cultivate more and, and how can we take the greatest advantage of those unfair advantages? But, but generally it's how do we generate unfair advantages? And you do that by, I, you know, seeds. Seed strategy is a, a great example of this, but it goes all the way down through root strategy and soil strategy and thorn strategy, protecting your, your turf and, and segmentation strategy, which is about... Um, strategies for, for mitigating risk; those are gonna, those are going to come in really handy when we when we see re recessions or, or oh, God forbid, another pandemic. But we we're always disrupted, and and, and weeds have have a mechanism for dealing with that, and that's what we need to have. So, the, the the weeds model actually takes us through this process of eight levels of examining what it is we can do to create new unfair advantages for our business. Um, I mean, one, another one, one for me personally is mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, um, I'm one of the wall street journal cartoonists. That's pretty cool. I mean, for right. me, it feels pretty cool. But yeah, how often to, do you, how often do you publish, how often do you publish new cartoons? I'm, I'm barely doing it now because I've done, I've been just consumed with the, with the books, but, well, but I okay. still, right. occasionally I still do it. I mean, the thing is I was mentored, Early in my career, I was mentored by some of the greatest cartoonists in the world from uh, from Playboy and the, and the New Yorker. And so I really learned it well. And, and of course, used it in marketing campaigns throughout my career. So I really learned how to cartoon well and how to, how to construct them well and, and how to construct them in a very useful way, let's say, based on test mm -hmm. history. So that's a really unusual bit of background to have, and I use it all the time, and I use cartoons to to break through to people I, sh I, I too, should never be able to reach otherwise. And and it's an unfair advantage for sure, because who else is going to do that? Right. You know, who, how will you right. match that? So we all have these, if you just look hard enough, you'll, you'll discover that there are unfair advantages that you already have, um, and no business should be in existence without unfair advantages. Yeah, I mean, well, it's sort of interesting. We, you know, you talk a lot in the book about unfair advantages. Yet, also, I, I find it sort of interesting that because um, that really talks about niching to a certain degree, right? I mean, mm -hmm. being being focused, understanding you know what you're really good at, and focusing, and find the market for it. Whereas, you know, the seed strategy for 
for weeds is kind of indiscriminate, right? One of their strengths is, is that that they're not niched, unlike the sequoias who are very niched, right? I mean, they they you know they grow in a specific area. They they don't, as you said, they don't uh, uh, aren't widespread, but they sort of mastered the terrain they're in. So, I mean, to me, it's like, well, that's been a very successful formula for the sequoias is they've been very focused. Um, and, hey, they live for hundreds of years as opposed to dandelions that expire quickly. Well, the dandelions, the dandelions are, they live five to ten years, so they're not living thousands of years like, like a sequoia. Yeah. But they've been around for a million, trust me, ten, tens of millions of years. Um, so, <laughs> Oh, yeah, so I'm sure. They live in a well, different I mean, I think, form. I think, yeah, weeds are like, yeah, the plant version of the cockroach. You know, the world comes to the end. <laughs> you might think that there'll be cockroaches uh, and cockroaches and weeds. I, I think you might think that in a way. I guess they are; they're survivors. But I think that's um, that is what we want our businesses to be. And um, you, and again, I, I I would say, well, I, actually, it's a really interesting point, Andy. Uh, and and I hadn't even considered it for the book, but niching, you know, would would say, well, if we're going to be the if we're going to be the dominant plant. Or, in and around uh, Fresno, but only there, then um, then let's be the dominant plant. And I would say that the sequoias certainly are the biggest there. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. so there is that. But but I, again, I think I think our mission is to is to gain market share. So I'm, I'm thinking in terms. I'm thinking the the territory is directly analogous to market share. So whatever market you're in, whether it's niched or or much broader. How much of it are, are you capturing? I mean, I think that's what we're mm-hmm. all toiling for, toward is is capturing more and more of it. But that's that is growth, or capturing maybe new markets. Let, let's you know new products, new markets, different markets. But we're always trying to gain new ground. So mm-hmm. um, so weeds are just just yeah. incredibly well adapted to doing that. So we could think of weeds. I mean, here's the, it's the funny thing when I'm when I'm talking to, to people about weeds. They, they like to joke first. Oh, you mean the weed you smoke? No, no, no. We're not talking about those weeds or, or, or that <laughs> weed. Course, we're talking yes. about weeds, you know, the ones you see in your garden or in your yard. And right. then, they, then they say, but aren't they just pests? Kind of like, you know, the cockroach. They, but aren't, aren't they just kind of pests? And I'm saying, then usually I'm saying, well, okay, so why do you think they're pests? Why do you think of them? What's going on? What's the basis of that judgment? And it's, well, I can't get rid of them. I can't deal with them. Well, I can't. They're, they, really, they're too strong. They're very strong and aggressive and, and resilient and invasive. And I have a hard time controlling them in my little patch of ground in the, on earth. And so then you say, well, okay, well, are those traits something that you'd like to incorporate into your business. And I would say, well, I certainly would. <laughs> I would say sure. most of us would, you know, yeah. just, we want our, we, we want our, we, sorry, we want our businesses to be weed like we want people to be saying, or I should say our competitors to be saying, God, you just can't stamp them out. They just keep coming. That is what we need to be or who we need to be in business. Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, it's, and I think <laughs> to your credit, you're the only one I know who could have come up with this. So <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of like a gag in a way, <laughs> too. I suppose. Uh, you well, know, I don't know it's a gag. I just think it's very clever. I mean, it's just you know so much of what you do. And if people haven't had a chance to read either of your first two books, uh, how to get a meeting with anyone, and what's the second one is get the meeting now. That's true. Uh, yeah, the, then get, the, get the meeting. Yeah. So this is the third the yeah. third published book. Yeah. Yeah, and get the meeting was this beautifully designed 
field guide for everything you talk about, uh, you know, the contact campaigns you talked about and how to get a meeting with anyone, which, again, recommend, highly recommend both those books as well because uh, just so much creativity uh, and detail in it. So, um, all right, well, Stu, so if people want to connect with you or learn more about the book, what's the best way to do that? Well, you can visit my, my author site. I'd love to have you do that. And there's an opportunity to come in and sign up for my email list. And then you get the first two chapters of the book free. So, so please do stop by there. Also, there's some really cool <laughs> merchandise. Uh, I'm, I'm wearing it. We can, of course, you can't see it, but I'm wearing a T-shirt that has a, a dandelion, beautiful botanical rendering of a dandelion. But it's, it's actually a, an insignia for a chief weed officer. <laughs> So it's a chief weed officer T-shirt. <laughs> so I think a lot of people don't want that swag. Yes, <laughs> I think that's what's going to sell more than the book, actually. <laughs> but so that's I on the think, site I as think well. It's a possibility that, hey. <laughs> um, yeah, and then otherwise, well, connect with me on LinkedIn and sit, just mention that you that you listen to this podcast and um, that you listen to Andy's podcast, and then I'm happy to connect there too. Perfect. All right. Well, Tim. Uh, Stu, I'm sorry. I don't know how I got Tim. Uh, Stu, thank you so much. Uh, you're so welcome. Wow. And, you, and you, can tell, you can tell. You can tell. You can tell. We're recording this on a holiday because <laughs> I'm like not uh, we, my usual. Uh, you know, we can do take two if you want. Yeah. Well, we'll have you come back. We'll talk about it. So, okay. all right, Stu. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Andy. What a, what a great pleasure. Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. As always, I'm so grateful for your support of the show. And I want to thank our guest, Stu Heineck, for sharing his insights with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, Sales Enablement, with Andy Paul on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. As always, thank you so much for investing your time with me today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. <laughs>